The Chet Kalvik Podcast Network. He's a Chicago sports broadcasting legend. The other has spent a lifetime walking into Las Vegas casinos and taking your money. Check Copic. Harvard Hallis Barnhard. This is Vegas Uncensored. Yes, he is a bona fide Las Vegas legend, the pride and joy of Las Vegas Boulevard man is he on a hot streak right now. Point spread players, you have come to the right place. I'm joined by Harvard Hollis Barnhart out there in Glitter Gulch. I'm Chet Kopic back in Chicago. Harvard, right off the top, kudos big time. I don't know what it is about Harvard Hollis Barnhart and the month of November, but you are the greatest handicapper I have ever known during the 11th month of the year. Hey, I want to thank you. On behalf of my wallet, I want to thank you for giving me UTEP as a home field winner. Well, you know, last week I thought that was the absolute stone-cold nuts play, Chet. You know, we had talked about UTEP had lost 25 straight season-ending games. Didn't matter if they're on the road or at home, but they just lose, lose, lose for 25 straight years. And here they are playing Marshall. Marshall had already clinched. They had a couple key injuries, and UTEP was playing at home, and they were only favored by one. The line did go up to one and a half and two, and they did get the money in blowout fashion. So that was a pretty easy win for myself, yourself, and all of our listeners. Then we go back to Thursday. Green Bay Packers, winner. Dallas Cowboys, winner. Denver Broncos, winner. On behalf of uh, Chet Copic Enterprises, I want to thank you for my Thanksgiving dinner and all my Christmas shopping. <laughs> well, a perfect 3-0 on Thanksgiving is always a treat. Uh, you know, I hate to lose for anybody on a holiday. I do put a lot of time. But you know what? If you just go by history, it seems like Detroit always loses, so taking Green Bay was a no-brainer. seems like Dallas always wins, so that was a no-brainer. And then I'm a big uh, Josh McDaniels fan, and, uh, you know, he's a real good coach. He's probably going to have a legacy that will probably be second to none, and I really did like him uh, to get his team back on track, playing at home, in front of that national audience, and that was a pretty easy game, I, uh, I thought, also. So uh, 3-0 and on uh, Turkey Day. You know, uh, I enjoyed a 25-pound turkey uh, on the bookies also. But we are not done yet. We go to Monday Night Football. So what do you do for your players? You gift-wrap the entire weekend by giving them New Orleans against Belichick and the Patriots down there in the Dome. New Orleans, easy winner. Well, you know, there again, our reasoning on that, Chet, was that uh, we know that uh, New England and New Orleans Saints were both going to make the playoffs. So it's not like somebody's going to get eliminated. An elimination game is different than just a real high-profile game. So this was basically handicapped, not from statistical or technical uh, or uh, situational. Uh, it was basically handicapped from an emotional point of view. Now, that being said, it looked like this was going to be the coming out party the national look at who we are party for the new orleans saints uh additionally they have four wide receivers that are probably as good as anybody everybody knows about drew Brees. i talked about that the coaching had put together game plans for the entire year where it was so balanced that the defensive coordinators for opposing teams have no idea what to plan for because there's also three running backs that are averaging five plus yards per carry so they don't know what to do there they had run 320 rushing plays and 322 
passing plays for the entire season, so you can't get any more balanced than that for the entire season. And they're playing at home on a national spotlight. And also, it was Drew Brees' time to come out and say, hey, why is everybody talking about Tom Brady? Look at me. So we thought it would be a nice coming out party, and we thought the emotional factors would carry over. Uh, they had that blackout where everybody in the stands was going to be dressed in black, and we just thought it would be a real good high-energy charged game. And I actually made that my Monday night game of the year for all my customers and then gave it to free uh, on our radio here and uh, to you and all your audience. So to uh, once again amplify on what we're talking about right now with Harvard Hollis Barnhart, Saturday UTEP winner. We go back a couple of days, triple winner, Green Bay, Dallas, Denver, 3-0. Monday night, Hollis Barnhart's game of the year. I mean, a game he where he just has not lost in decades, for heaven's sakes. The bottom line, we're talking about a 5-0 and weekend. So, again, if you want advice, if you want to learn how to handicap, you have come to the right place. Take a look right now at the uh, Harvard Hollis Barnhart Heisman Trophy scorecard. In your opinion right now, who will wind up? in New York as the finalists? Well, let me tell you who is not going to win. Uh, Tim Tebow is not going to win. doesn't matter what he Interesting. does. Interesting. It is Colt McCoy's. He's going to get the uh, trophy, and he's going to get all the accolades. It's his to lose, but he's going to have to have just the worst game in the world when they play this weekend in the uh, Big 12 championship game against Nebraska. I don't think the black shirts, uh, even though they're ranked number 15, in the country in defense, I still think that he'll get the job done. And if he doesn't, let's say he falters, I don't think that the voter, the voters want to give someone like Tebow, whose numbers are a lot lower than they were in 2007, they don't want to give this guy a second Heisman. I don't think he's deserving of it. So if Colt McCoy loses, I think who might step up is Toby uh, uh, Gerhardt. And I don't know if... Uh, if uh, Mark Ingram, uh, you know, he had the worst game he's ever had uh, last week against Auburn. Yeah, 30 he's yards rushing. A, <clears throat> yeah, right, you know, a couple catches. But he just had uh, 30 yards rushing or so. And I believe that he's got a hip pointer this week. Now, as far as that's concerned with the game, don't don't feel sorry for uh, Bama if he doesn't play. They still have a couple great running backs in the name of uh, – Trent Richardson and Roy Upchurch. In fact, watch for Roy uh, Upchurch. He's the best third-string running back in SEC history, and he will be up and coming. But uh, back to the Heisman, I think it's going to be McCoy. My friend, uh, let me give you a theory on the Heisman Trophy. Uh, there is always, a, as you know, regional sentiment for certain guys. Uh, Tebow, remarkably popular in the East and Southeast. Uh, Colt McCoy, extraordinarily popular in the Midwest. He's helped out by the fact that uh, Clawson obviously has been knocked out of the Derby by uh, a very lackluster Notre Dame football team. And then you do have Gerhardt, who might be inch for inch, pound for pound, the best football player I've seen all year long at Stanford. But, Hollis, if you break it down, anybody who votes for Tebow is really voting a body-of-work type vote. So my gut feeling is this. Once you get out of the southeast, you get up above the Mason-Dixon line, everything Everything headed toward the PAC uh, time zone where there will be strong uh, uh, inclination to vote for uh, Gerhardt. Your Midwest and your, uh, uh, your voting up north is going to wind up with Colt McCoy. Well, I being, I'm not going to disagree with that. I just think uh, that uh, there's going to be some split votes. 
But it's all going to be based on the performance of uh, Colt. But, I mean, I think he's already got it uh, wrapped up. He has done, uh, what has he had, 43. Uh, he's the most prolific uh, quarterback, uh, won the most games. I think 43 games he's won the most in the history of uh, football. But you got to remember that uh, the uh, running back, uh, let's see, uh, Toby, he's run for, I think he ended up the regular season with six consecutive games of 120 rush yards or more. And uh, look at those two pro, uh, high-profile wins against Oregon and against USC. Uh, it's it knocked both of them off the uh, you know the top ten list. And uh, you know Hollis, uh, even though uh, he was playing against a lackluster football team, Gerhardt got a tremendous boost this past Saturday with a huge night, a knockdown, dragout, tremendous night against uh, the former head coach of Notre Dame, Charlie Weiss, and the Fighting Irish. Well, he knocked him back into an offensive coordinator's job, I believe. <laughs> He, he well will said, get picked friend. up somewhere, and uh, I can't wait to see who Notre Dame brings in. And uh, everybody's got their theories on who it's going to be, and uh, I can't wait. Uh, you know, we might not know for four or five weeks. Well, given the way uh, Charlie Weiss coached uh, down the stretch and uh, how miserable his defense was, we can forgive uh, touchdown Jesus if he bitch slapped Charlie Weiss on the way out of uh, South Bend. So now we got uh, we got Bama and Florida, great great football team, Saban against. Uh, Urban Meyer, just a, a terrific matchup, Southeastern Conference title game. Right now, Hollis, out uh, out on the boulevard, where, where is the wise guy? Where Where is the smart money on this game going? Well, I believe the smart money, to believe it or not, uh, it's going on the under in this contest. I think it's going to be really, really uh, vanilla uh, game plans from the offensive coordinators. they got great special teams on both sides of the ball. Uh, the defense is just tremendous. It will override the offense. The over and under was 43. It's now down to 41. So there's a lot of money coming in on the under, and it is smart money. The line opened at five and a half or five on Alabama favored. It's now up six. So a little bit's dribbling in, and they're taking the favorite. But uh, that's because everybody's a big Urban Meyer fan and they're a big Tebow fan, and they're a big Florida fan. And also, they don't like teams that can't score. And if you know, uh, I mean, you follow Bama, they're just not a scoring machine. Should I um, hold on to my dough and wait for Sunday, or Saturday rather, with the idea that uh, uh, the OU may skip back up to uh, 42? I don't see it going up. Uh, I see it staying right around 41 or 41 and a half. So I would say now that it's 41 in the hook, I would say go ahead and lay it right now. 42 is a real key number, and I don't, I doubt that it goes right back up to that. So I would play it right now. All right, my friend, uh, Nebraska. I mean, ABC will be heartsick if this transpires, as you know. If Nebraska beats Mac Brown in the Big 12 championship game, what does that mean for TCU? What does that mean for Brian Kelly in Cincinnati? What are the wise guys, what are the odds makers already projecting if indeed Nebraska upsets Texas? Well, let me tell you, a lot of people won't realize this, but it actually goes back to tonight's game, Oregon against Oregon State. Cincinnati beat Oregon State a long time ago. Now, at that time, they didn't get any credit for strength of mm -hmm. schedule at that time. Well, if Oregon State beats Oregon 
it moves up a lot of uh, statistical numbers on strength of schedule. It sends Oregon State to the Rose Bowl, and it could move up Cincinnati because they defeated Oregon State, I believe, in the second or third game. I believe it was their third game in, on the road. So that would move them up. Now, the Las Vegas, forget about the AP poll or the coaches poll. The Las Vegas sports consultant polls, that's the ones, the odds makers out here who makes all the odds and the lines for everybody across the world. They've got Florida ranked number one, like everybody else does. They have Texas ranked number two, like everybody else. But this might surprise you. At this time, they have TCU ranked number three, and they have Cincinnati ranked number nine. Well, I believe in the Las Vegas sports consultants poll because they put their money where their mouth is. They have Bama ranked number four. So keep that in mind. TCU's ranked third. Cincinnati's ranked ninth. But the BCS doesn't go by what the bookmakers in Vegas goes by. So I would say if Texas gets knocked off, that they would probably, I, I just can't see them making a big play for Cincinnati. I think they would still have to make the play for TCU, but it could go either way. Uh, at one time, I believe about four or five weeks ago, before we knew that Oregon uh, was going to get knocked off by uh, Stanford, I think they had said that there's no way Cincinnati could move up at all. But now with Oregon losing to Cincinnati, I mean to Stanford, and then if Oregon State wins tonight, uh, Cincinnati could move up a little bit. So who knows? If Florida beats Alabama this week and Texas wins this week, Florida will open up as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the BCS championship game. On the other hand, if Alabama wins, and they knock off Florida this week, mm-hmm. and they play Texas. Texas is going to be a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite against Alabama. If that other scenario opens up and TCU gets moved up in the championship game, we're going to see Florida anywhere from a seven to a ten-point favorite. And I'll tell you right now, if they are seven, maybe I'd have to think twice about it. But if they're seven-and-a-half, eight-and-a-half, nine, ten... I hope they're not 10 because my wife might be just a little ticked off when she sees the deed to the house going on that game. I'm telling you right now, I will unload if I can get TCU plus 10 points against Florida. There's no doubt in my mind. You heard it here first. If Bama happens to beat Florida this week, then Bama would be a three-point favorite against TCU. Now, see, this is why I love talking to you because I know we got people who are listening right now who are saying, Barnhart's crazy. What? Florida should be, Florida should be, you know, minus 21 against TCU. I couldn't agree with you more. Hollis, if, if Florida opened up as a seven and a half, eight, eight and a half point favorite against TCU, it jumps to 10. I am, I can't bet enough on TCU in that ballgame. I'd have to go buy another house just so I could sell it and bet that uh, second house on this game. Now, you know, getting back to this game this weekend, Florida against Bama, this is the first time this year that Florida has been a single-digit favorite, and it's also the first time this year that Alabama has been a uh, the first time they've been an underdog. Now, both teams are 12-0. and However, let's look at the against-the-spread record. Florida is only 6-5 and against the point spread. So if you think you can go out there and start thinking 12-0, 12-0, 12-0, and all you've seen is Florida at the top, 
That's where the public gets that perception. Exactly. That's where you got to stop listening. You know, all of a sudden, the whole year you see nothing and heard nothing, but Florida is 12 and 0. But when you look at the real numbers, can you make any money betting on Florida? Absolutely not. You're six and five, and by the time you pay the juice on your five losses, you've actually burned money sticking with Florida all year. But let's don't jump too fast. Let's go to Bamba. What have they done for me lately? Well, they're seven and five against the point spread. So that's where I'm talking about. Odds makers always make you pay a big price on these high-profile teams. Now, Florida is as a single-digit favorite under uh, Mr. Urban Meyer is 8-1 and one against the spread as a single-digit favorite. Now, you got to keep in mind, rarely, I think it's only happened nine times, and how long has Meyer been at uh, Florida? Five years? So let's say they play 12 times uh, five, that's 60 games. So nine of those 60, he's been, he's been, uh, out of nine out of the 60, he's been a single-digit favorite nine times. He's eight and one against the spread. So uh, that might point to a little bit on why the public could get away laying the six points on this game this weekend. But it's really asking a lot. Uh, personally, I like defense. I like running plays when it comes to championship games. I'm not sure if I'm going to actually bet the game. And you know me, Chet, I don't ever sit on the fence. Uh, if I have a play, if I have an opinion, man, I am there with both fists. Uh, and I think it through. But on this play, it is a very tough game to call. There's easier games than that one. But I probably will play the under because I am a believer in that defense. And I think on the game plan that you have to draw up, you just got to keep it, uh, you know, run, 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 eat up the clock, and keep uh, Tebow off the field. And I think both teams respect each other. And don't worry too much if Ingram is out don't use that as a barometer that his hip pointer is why I'm going to be betting Alabama. You know, have a little bit more of a reason than that. See, Harvard, for example, you know, you taught me this back in 2000 when I really first met you and got to know you. If Florida winds up in the national title game, you know that ESPN is going to spend a month talking about this being Urban Meyer's coronation. Urban Meyer is now the new age Bear Bryant. Urban Meyer is now the new age Woody Hayes. Uh, is he the modern 21st century Newt Rockney? This is Tim Tebow's coronation. This is the greatest collection of football talent of all time. And the public, sadly, is going to listen. Well, but you know what? <laughs> this year, I really think they have a couple great storylines, unless Alabama gets but, there. But my point is, you've you got to use your head. Don't listen to guys who are trying to build up a ball game. Well, they're also going to build it up with Colt McCoy. I mean, let's granted, uh, you know, Texas is going to beat uh, Nebraska, so it's going to be Colt McCoy probably against Tim Tebow. So I think you got good storyline. Now let's say Texas did lose, and it was going to be Tim Tebow against TCU. I mean, what a great story that is. This is one great TCU team, but still, again, there's going to be all kinds of pundits saying, hey, they didn't play anybody, look at their schedule, let's break it down when they played New Mexico State and when they ran up the score against San Diego State or when they played Colorado State or when they played Wyoming, and they're going to throw all these teams that, uh, you know, pretty are, you know, they're pretty bad. And uh, so they're going to put strength of schedule with the uh, Mountain West versus the SEC. But you can't really do that if you're comparing Florida against a Texas team. Because Texas, 
I think actually that's going to be a great championship game if it is Texas against Florida. And like I said, Florida would open up as a two and a half point favorite against Texas. So let's root for uh, a Florida Texas matchup. And then once again, the stupid BCS is going to get exonerated <laughs> against having a playoff. <laughs> and uh, he is Harvard Hollis Barnhart. Like nobody else, the pride and joy of Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Chet Kopik. Harvard, we'll talk to you in seven days, buddy.